Welcome everyone to Paranormal Roundtable. I'm your host, Josh Turner, also known as Wolf, and with me are my co-hosts, Anthony. And Mushu, and the one and only. Mushu. Guess he's gonna introduce himself. He's doing that again. Yeah, I'm so, back at it. Alright, fine, we're back to that. Prison rules, huh? Alright, mm-hmm. let's see how it is. Um so no, we, we have a show tonight, and I, I know that everybody is familiar with our guest. Everybody knows who she is. She's uh, very, very big in the paranormal world. Uh, everybody knows she's very popular, very beautiful. Her name is Madeline, Madeline Chap, and her sidekick. Uh, what was your name again? <laughs> Bettina Moss. Okay, B- Bettina Moss. I'll try Bettina to remember Moss. that. I'll try to remember that. I'm joking. I'm joking about everything. Madeline is not beautiful, and Bettina is is actually not very popular. But just kidding. <laughs> I had to come out talking some mess. Look. So 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 we had Bettina on the the live stream, and so now we're recording, and this is going to be for the Thursday episode. We're going to go a little deeper into what we talked about on the on the live stream. So if you're if you don't listen to the live stream. Um, you, you'll, this will be all new to you. If you did, then you might, you might be doing a little bit of rehashing and then learning some new things. Okay. We encourage people to go to the live stream because it interacts with our podcast. You know, they, they interact. So you got a Friday live stream and a Sunday live stream. Remember that, uh, give them the Patreon information, Tony. You can find the Patreon at patreon.com slash PRT podcast. And uh, what we do is we have a bunch of tiers set up and it starts from $10, goes all the way up to $50. When you sign up for one of the tiers, you know, we usually give out swag bags. Uh, the, the first tier, the $10 tier, when you sign up for that and you wait two months and you'll get your swag bag. Or you can skip that process and go on to the $20 tier where we give no, it to you all. change it to where like everybody who signs up. Oh, two month. Yeah. Oh. No, 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 no. No, like if you sign up for Patreon from here on out, it's, it's a two month uh, thing. So, so like the, the second month of your membership... All you have to do, you just go on Patreon, you shoot us a message uh, saying, hey, the, I signed up for Patreon. This is my second month. Here's my my shirt size and my address and my mailing name. And uh, just give me my swag bag. That's all you got to do. Well, Tony really messed that up, especially since it's been happening for three to four weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, He's good at that. Yeah. So that being said, thank you for, for listening. Thank you for uh being a part of the Paranormal Roundtable, please like and subscribe. Go join our Facebook group. Um, if you send me a Facebook friend request, we're going to start accepting them again. Just know that it, we haven't been lately, and it's a reason for that, because we've been embroiled in a conflict with some other people, which we are now putting that to rest. We did, uh, I guess, how do you say, we brokered a peace with them. So hopefully that will hold up. And, I, and it, it's, there's a lot of people, folks, that I could, I've seen it now. They don't want peace. They don't like peace. They want there to be a conflict. Well, I don't have time for that in my life. Okay, I have things I got to take care of. Got my wife's health, my health. In fact, I'm like coming down with some kind of cold or something. Um, but I, I don't have time to, for conflict, and I'm glad to put it behind me and to move on. If they're willing to stop, I'm willing to stop. And we're in the new year now. Let's move forward. Forgive and love people and do the best you can um, to be better people for the new year. That's all we can do. And so for those who want to keep going with it, you go ahead and keep going with it. I'm not going to do that. Y'all, you want to do, you you do you. Okay. But uh, that being said, let's get started. So Bettina, when, when we were on the live, we talked about my mother's near-death experience. I'm not going to rehash that. 
If you guys want to hear that, go listen to the last live stream. But you talked, you came on and you talked about what happened to you when you came out of your body. Okay. So the, for the people who are on the podcast, let's rehash that and then we'll get further into it. Basically, when I'm a person who has dealt with sleep paralysis for probably, I'm going to say over 20 years, probably about 22 years. I think I was 23, 24 when I first started having sleep paralysis. So um, throughout the years, those situations have kind of been different. Sometimes I saw things that were there, uh, what was in the room. Other times there was things in the room that I could feel, but I could feel what it was projecting, but the evil or the rage or the negativity off of it. But I couldn't always see the entity in the room. But the the day I talked about, I guess it was yesterday when we went live, that's when I talked about what I saw um, during one of these sleep paralysis experiments, which was, this is now January 2024, but this would have been like probably around August of 2023. Um, and this is during a sleep paralysis uh, episode, like any other I usually have, like I wake up or my I, my mind is awake and I'm fully aware that I'm not dreaming. I'm aware of everything in the room. I can still, for whatever reason, even with my physical eyes closed, I can still see everything that's in the room uh, around me at that time. But I was aware that I'm awake. I can't move. So I know in my mind I'm in sleep paralysis right now. Can't move, can't get up. But I feel this negative vibe in the room. I feel a presence of evil. Um, I did try to wake myself up and move, but I couldn't. Um, just like any other time when I had sleep paralysis, this would be, I think, my second or third time actually coming out of my body, having an out-of-body experience during that. So. During that episode, I realized that I don't think I was aware of the evil presence. Just I was aware of the presence because I could feel it, but I realized that I could see my body land in the bed. I could see my body land in the bed from up above at the ceiling, so my spirit is up there looking down at my body laying in the bed, and that's when I realized, okay, I'm having an out-of-body experience right now, so that was scary and creepy for me. Um because I, who wants to be out of their body during a sleep paralysis experience? Um, because I feel like that makes you more vulnerable. Now, during this, the sense or feeling of evil was very, very strong. And then I realized now not only can I see my body down there laying on the bed, it's just like on those uh, Freddy Krueger Nightmare on Elm Street movies where you're you're telling yourself wake up wake up wake up like I'm trying to get my body to wake up but I guess it wasn't going to wake up until my spirit got back in it but while I'm telling my I guess while my spirit is talking like I'm telling trying to yell at myself like get up get up wake up then I realize that there's an evil presence in the room and I don't know if it just materialized in front of me but all of a sudden it was just there in front of me um my back is to my spirit is hovering up on the ceiling with my back to the ceiling, looking down over the bed. And then as I'm looking down at my body, then I lifted my head up just to look straight ahead. And there's a demon like literally a few inches away from my face. 
And for those of you who've ever seen the movie 13 Ghosts, um, if you'll go to Google and type in um, 13 Ghosts, the jackal, images of the jackal. The jackal had a cage around its head. But what I saw looked exactly like the jackal, except for if you remove that cage out from around its head. Um exactly in everything in detail it had that white pasty pale face it had like the dark sunken eyes it had the elongated grin across its face or you guess like um, an evil grin sharp jagged teeth it had on a long dingy it had on a long dingy gown flowing behind it and it had um black kind of oily looking scraggly hair and it was a few inches away from my face during sleep paralysis, even though I realize and I know what it is and I know it's a demon and all of that, no matter what, how many times I've had it, it's always a terrifying experience every time it happens. But <clears throat> I realized that you're face to face with this thing right now. Out of the other experiences, there have been other times when I saw what was in the room, but I never had one to actually verbally speak to me. And I never had um, one that close to my face that I'm aware of, unless it was looking over me and it was one of the times when it was invisible. But I started to pray because I was terrified. I started to pray because, and I don't remember now if it's, I know it started dragging my spirit from one end of the bedroom, one end of the ceiling to the other end. It just kept dragging my my spirit back and forth and throwing it from one end to the other. And then it would take my spirit and then throw it and slam it down on the bed and then drag it back up. And the ceiling fan was on. And, and I kept thinking, I hope it doesn't throw me into that ceiling fan because I thought I was going to get chopped up. But but at the same time, I'm terrified in our, during all this. And I started to pray. And as I started to pray... I was praying um, as I walked through the valley of the shadow of death, I, sh I shall feel no fear no evil. And as I'm saying this, as my spirit is saying this, this demon that's a few inches away from my face literally took over my voice and started mocking my prayer. It started repeating everything I was saying, but in a mocking tone, almost as if to say, your prayer has no power over me. Or whatever that was, but it started mocking my prayer, took over my voice, and it started praying what I was saying in a demonic voice. Like, and the voice sounded like some of the more terrifying demonic voices you've heard on scary demonic possession movies. But what was crazy about it was that at the same time, while it was speaking, using my vocal cords to speak, but in its own voice it's also laughing at the same time so laughing and talking simultaneously so i'm praying and i'm rebuking it and i'm continue to pray and then i could people who've never had sleep paralysis before or if you've ever had sleep paralysis before then you know that when you try to verbally talk it sounds kind of strange like um like anthony mentioned last night when we talked about it after the show you said it's kind of like um it's kind of like when a deaf person speaks yes you're trying to form words and you can kind of vaguely make out what those words are but it's it's real it's like unintelligible babble yes because it's like the muscles in your mouth aren't developing 
Developed enough to form them correctly. Exactly. And it's kind of stifled, too. It's kind of like a muffled, mumbled voice, like, like that, because you're trying to talk, but it's trying to prevent you from talking. So I continued to try to pray. And then when I realized that it was trying to prevent me from praying, then I prayed and I asked the Holy Spirit to come in or send an angel, because right now this I'm praying. Usually any other time of sleep paralysis, um, if I pray long enough or strong enough, it'll eventually like tap out and leave. But this one must have been a much stronger demon because it wasn't, it left, but it, I think it wanted to intimidate me long enough to make me feel like that it, I didn't have any power and it wasn't going to go because it was laughing and mocking me. And then the demon got a few inches closer to my face and it said, I'm this close to getting your soul. And it started laughing again. And then after that, um, I don't remember too much after that other than to say that I do know that some type of divine intervention came because I prayed and I was finally able to push past but past that. But it didn't want me to say the name Jesus every time I would just about get the letter J out to say Jesus. Like it would like cut that off. It was trying so hard. But finally, the sleep paralysis uh, incident ended, and after that, I was able to finally get back into my body, but it still took a few minutes after my spirit got back in my body. I can't always move right away. It takes a minute, I guess, to get readjusted and settled into it. But I know that there's things that go on in this world. There's spirits, and depending on what you have going on in your life, you can give those things an opening to come in, and they will come to you whether you are a devout Christian or whether you're a person that's a non-believer, but um, it's when they know that there's a special gift over you or a calling on your life that God has over you, I feel like they do that for whatever purpose, but it wanted to intimidate me. Um, after that incident was over and I was able to get back in my body and I woke up from that, that's when um, I sat straight. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Right up in the bed, I turned all the lights on in the room, and I prayed, and I rebuked it, and I put on gospel music and slept with that going the rest of the night. But, um, so that's what happened with that situation, Josh. Very interesting. couple questions here. When it was using, you said, your vocal cords, was it talking spiritually from, you know, were you, or was it using your physical body while you were out of it? So my physical body was laying on the bed and I could see I could see it laying there. So my physical mouth laying on the bed wasn't moving. My spirit was speaking, but I don't I can't really say if I can't really say if while my spirit was was speaking whether my mouth was moving or not it was more like a thought form or like maybe how you say telepathic. You under, you know what I'm saying? Like so because you can still pray in your head. That's your spirit praying when you pray in your mind. But this thing, when it was speaking through my vocal cords, um, it was it's almost like it was trying to take over, overpower my spirit. Like it, So it when it was speaking and I'm looking at it, its mouth wasn't moving. So you were hearing it 
But it was using your voice. Right. Okay, but it wasn't your physical body. Well, I was hearing it, but it took over my spirit's vocal cords. I guess not for your, lack not of your a, physical body. Right. So it wasn't trying to possess your body. I think it wanted to possess me. I think it had the intention to. Um, but I kept praying and praying and praying, and finally, divine intervention. God came in, or the angels, or something. But it did finally leave. It didn't possess me. But I think it was. I definitely believe it was trying to, because when it started, as it started to take over my prayer, I feel like if I stopped praying at that moment and gave up and gave into it, I think that it had the intention to try to possess me. So here, here's an interesting question, and. and I'm curious about this. Uh, there's so many things to unwrap here. Uh, first things first, you, do you think that there's any chance, because you said that it did look like the jackal from the movie 13 Ghosts, is there any way that that could have been something that you manifested like a dream? No, because I've had sleep paralysis for over 20 years off and on, and early on it was much more frequent than now because I know how to deal with it and I know what it is. I didn't understand before in the past until probably a year, a few months after the first time it happened. So, no, I don't think it's something that I made manifest. I do think that I, it had an invitation to be there because of the anger and rage and um, unforgiveness and bitterness that I had at that time because of the, some of the stuff that we were dealing with. And I had a lot of anger and rage and resentment built up in, inside of me. So I feel that when you have stuff like that going on, that invites demons and evil spirits to come in. To answer your question on whether I thought it could have been a dream, the difference for me between a dream and sleep paralysis is that anytime I've had a nightmare or a bad dream and I didn't like the way it was going, I can still wake up from a regular dream. You know, you can just wake up and like, I don't like how this dream is going. Let me wake up. And you realize you're dreaming. Sometimes dreams can feel real, and I think some dreams are real, but the difference is is that when sleep paralysis, it actually comes with a felt presence. You can actually feel the negative energy or whatever you want to call it, vibration, like projecting from it. You can feel that. Um, there's been times where the physical sensations of something actually sitting on my body, like sitting on my chest, um, I've had, I'm going to say probably a couple of times where I've had something sit on top of my chest while I'm in the state of sleep paralysis. And one of those times, it wasn't visible what I saw, but I could feel it. And if I had to compare the size of the weight of it, I'd say it would probably be probably a four or five-year-old child or something like that. Maybe so you uh, probably an imp-type demon or something like that. But it was invisible. Couldn't see it, but I could feel the weight of it. Even though I could tell, it still, which doesn't make sense, though, is the fact that during one of those sleep paralysis experiences, I could actually feel one of those times when one sat on my chest, I could actually feel my body, feel the weight of the body of one of them one other time, actually starting to press my body down into the mattress. Like I could hear the mattress creaking. I could feel the weight of it sinking down like under my body. And so that's just one. That's just two right there that I just told you. But no, there's times when um, back when I was married, one of the sleep paralysis, and I'm just trying to explain to everybody right now to get them to understand how you know the difference in when it's a regular dream or how do you rationalize to say 
okay, well, this is a spiritual thing and not uh, hypnopompic and hypnagogic hallucinations like what that scientific community calls it. But I don't think it's that. I know it's a spiritual thing. It's spiritual attack. It's demonic attack. Demonic visitations at night is what it is. And if you're weak enough and you don't understand or if you got certain things or issues going on in your life, then they can come in and take over if you let them. Now, sometimes they'll manifest. They can manifest as different things. Now, I'm going to give you the greatest reason why I can say for sure that I know. I know for my own self for more than one reason, but one reason I can say that sleep paralysis is not a dream. My ex-husband woke up on, let me see, he woke up on one occasion while I was having sleep paralysis. And while I'm having sleep paralysis at that moment, um, I, that was one of those nights where it, one of them had sat on my chest. Like, so... That night, he actually looked over and saw what was over there on that side of the bed. So when somebody wakes up and actually sees the demon in the room, um, now that's just my encounter, my experience. There's other documented cases where there was an episode on, I think it was Paranormal Witness. And it was either Paranormal Witness or um, that one that used to come on Animal Planet. They had one, too. And there was an episode on there called the succubus and on that episode this man would go to bed every night he was having sleep paralysis and he would dream of this beautiful woman sometimes sleep paralysis will start off as dreams first and then it'll lead up into where it starts off as a peaceful or pleasant dream and it kind of builds up to where now the dream is starting to get foreboding starting to get you feel this feeling of doom but on this episode, this man was basically having a dream of being with a beautiful woman. And, you know, it was a lustful dream. But then as it would go on and it would be a repeat with him every night. But as it would go on, the further he would go into this, the woman started to show her true form, which it looked like an old hag. And basically it was going on with him so much in his home. He actually set up a camera in his room to record his bedroom at night. So, cause he was having it, I guess on a nightly basis, he had a camera set up on his nightstand and he actually caught, um, paranormal activity happening during his sleep paralysis experience. And that lamp that he had, and I think he had a glass on the table too, went like flying off the table. And you're watching this in real time. They had the actual footage on there. There's plenty of episodes when it comes to sleep paralysis documentaries people can look at. There's one that's really good called The Nightmare, and you can watch it on Tubi. But there's episodes on there where people during sleep paralysis have a lot of different stuff going on with that. Some people wake up with scratches on their body during uh, from waking up from the sleep paralysis, from fighting with these things. Sometimes you're fighting them in the spirit. Um, but then... Even though you're fighting them in the spirit, you can come out with that. You can come out with choke marks and stuff like that around your neck. Um, they can touch you. They can grab your ankles. Um, so that's how I know that sleep paralysis, that my experiences are real. There's been, I think the last thing that happened to me was a few months ago. And this was a situation where, and it was a really weird dream. It was some... Uh, it was a dream, and I can't remember exactly what was going on. It started off as a dream, but it led up into where some kind of um, 
guy came and walked up to me and he put some kind of symbol in, on the top of my head or whatever. And I kept telling him, he put it, drew it on there with his thumb and I kept telling him no, but he was fighting me and he wanted to kill me, but he kept putting this symbol on top of my head and that dream was going somewhere I didn't like and I was afraid and I tried to wake up and I realized you're in sleep paralysis right now you can't move and I told myself if you can just turn around and you can just turn to the other side it'll be okay and just when I thought actually I started to pray because I was afraid this dream was very terrifying so then as I realized this, and I realized because I'm telling myself in my mind, this is a warlock. This is a spirit of witchcraft that somebody sent to me some type of way. But I realized that what he was doing that had something to do with some voodoo or something like that. I can't explain. I don't know who the man was in the dream or anything like that. But then as I started to pray, it completely muted my prayer. Like this is the first time that it had happened where it actually muted my prayer, period. And it was getting angrier and angrier every time I started to continue to try to pray. And so I became afraid at this point because the next thing I experienced, and this was the one time during sleep paralysis that I wasn't laying on my back that night. I was actually laying on my side. And if you, so I'm going to explain what happened as this thing tried to keep me from praying because I continued to keep trying and it, it was making it more and more angry. So the next thing that happened um, as I tried to continue to pray, I guess it decided to turn up the heat. If you're a couple, like a man and a woman laying in bed with each other and your husband or your girlfriend or whatever, your wife comes to spoon you from behind, like I'm laying on my side, kind of in a fetal position because I was, fell asleep that way. And then the next thing I feel like something spooning me and it wrapped its hand around my waist and it started to constrict and squeeze really tight. And then I told my mind, stop praying. I stopped praying then. I stopped praying because the more I prayed, the tighter the squeeze continued to be. So, and I was completely aware of everything that was going on in the room. This was a time I couldn't turn back and look back and see what was behind me, but I stopped. But um, I remember like a lot of these times when you people don't realize when you go through depression or you have anxiety or you've been doing a lot of arguing, bitterness, resentment, rage and stuff like that. Um, if you're doing a lot of um, things outside of Christianity, a little, lot of things that are sinful or, you know, things that would invite demonic activity into your home. Things like that, whether you realize that sometimes some of the stuff we watch and some of the things we do, things that you bring into your house, items um, that you may or may not think that are cursed, necklaces and stuff like that, different symbols that you think are okay and just, mm, it's okay to have Scorpio kind of stuff or Zodiac. And it's really not because it boils down to a whole lot and we, we're all guilty of it, I guess, for the most part. But yeah, it's... It's just a terrifying thing, but I know that those are the times when that will happen. You're inviting that negative energy to come into your home when you have that stuff going on like that. This entity, when you were talking about how it was saying that I'm this close to, to taking your soul, 
what did it mean? Like, did it show, like, did it, did it, I mean, it's going to sound silly, but did it show you, like, its fingers, like, holding up, like, inches? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, what, was there any kind of, like, because it says I'm this close, what does it mean? Like, were there any gestures accompanied with gestures that? Gestures, or, I mean, how did you know it was, what, how close? What did it mean? I think it was because it was right okay, let, let her answer it. Yeah. He's right. Uh, it was because it was like, you see how this microphone is this close in front of my face right now? That's how close it was? That's how close it was to my face. My spirit is laying up there at Could the Could you ceiling. smell anything? No. Like, it, no. It just, uh, and it was grinning too, but it was just a few inches away from my face and it was just yeah, But it had a terrifying. human appearance. It had a human type appearance. It looked like the jackal. Um, it looked like a jackal without a cage around its head. But it had the gown and everything? <laughs> mm-hmm. And long, dingy, uh, dirty-looking gown. You think that form, or is that you think that's was his true form? I, well, it depends. Like, what is a demon's true form? Like, can they? We know that you know the Bible says like that Satan himself can transform himself into an angel of light. I do feel that they can manifest as whatever they want to. I do feel like that certain ones. I think that there's probably different ones that look different types of ways. I think that there's probably some that look like animals. There's probably some that uh, look like werewolves or goat man and stuff like that shadow man beings and stuff so you have different variations there's another one um there's only been i'm gonna say three times that i have seen um actually seen the demons that were in the room during the sleep paralysis um i think that and i do know why it said i'm this close to getting your soul um during that time period, like, and I'm still a Christian, but I still at times have questioned certain things that were in the Bible that um, I felt certain scriptures contradicted one another. Um, and well, I know that a lot of things have been taken out. Then, you know, you get on videos and start listening to other, you know, things trying to understand or trying to make sense. I've always been a person that I need stuff to make sense or what I don't understand or I don't know uh, research. And so, that confusion or me not praying like I used to, not going to church as much as I used to or anything like that, fellowshipping with the Lord, reading the Bible like I should. All of those things, having doubt and questioning at times, like which I think a lot of us as Christians do, I feel like that that gave it that opening because it knew that I questioned what different about, things and I was confused. Anger? You said you had, like you said you were mad and you said this is going to be a demon day. What was it you said? Um, I remember that I was furious about something that had happened um, at work. But the anger that I had was not a natural anger. It wasn't something bad enough to be that outraged that, like I was. But in addition to that, um, other things that I wasn't happy about that were going on in my life at that time. And so as a result of that, um, that rage that I had that night when I went to bed and that next day when I woke up, I was still furious like that. And I was cussing and stuff like that and I was like I'm on demon time right now demon time that's what you said I don't know if y'all have heard that phrase before but people say I'm on demon time you heard it yeah so so you were just you, you don't think that had anything to do with it well so I wasn't conjuring up a demon but by demon time I meant like I, my rage was so yeah because if you're, if you're that angry oh I was that angry and you're pent up anger whatever because back, back when I lived in the house that I lived in in South Austin one of the things that what I would notice that would activate or turn on these things to start doing what they do would be if there was arguments and fights and anger between me and my brother or the other people in the house or between him and other people in the house or 
between the roommates, they, they would start fighting and there'd be anger. Like you, you, did you mess with my clothes? Did you do this? You do that. And sometimes they would, it would, the arguments would happen and we would just kind of stop and go like, why are we, this is crazy. Why are we getting so angry about like literally, I remember an argument between my friend Jerome and my friend uh, that lived there, Cal, this guy was, they were roommates and it was over a cup that was moved on the table. Like, did you, did you touch my cup and move it into the kitchen? And no. And then it turned into a big conflagration that ended up them going outside. And I remember this incident very clearly. And the next day, or I guess it would be that night after everybody went to sleep, it was like early in the morning, really, because we all were night owls. But it was like five in the morning. I was trying to drift off to sleep, and I heard this knocking on the wall. And that happened quite a bit. So I was kind of a, I was kind of numb to it, but then I started to notice a pattern. It would go in time with the conflict. Now it's kind of the chicken or the egg thing. I don't know what came first. Like I don't know if the arguments precipitated that 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 phenomena, or if the phenomena, phenomena was 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 ramping up and it was causing people to argue. It could be either way. A lot of the times, there's already demons and evil spirits that are around us um, on a oh, regular yeah. basis and we mm-hmm. just don't see them um, because they're invisible when they choose to be invisible but they can also manifest and make themselves uh, they can materialize themselves before you whenever they want as well whether that is for you to see them visibly <clears throat> audibly which audibly would, would be where you're hearing scratching on the wall knocking on the wall um things coming up missing and stuff like that. Arguments that are petty or minuscule things that the anger or rage or the level that that argument has gone to is not, it wasn't even something that deep to have an argument with somebody on and it got to the point where it's really heated or maybe it came to blows or something like that with somebody. If it gets to that level, you understand at that moment, this was anger way worse or way stronger than you know how they say the punishment doesn't fit the crime yeah like this level of anger doesn't even fit doesn't what we're arguing what about right now that's demonically influenced i'm not going to say that that's always the case but a lot of the time it does especially when it continues to build up and it continues to go on and because sometimes like incidents like that it'll be a buildup of that um, type of behavior arguing or you can even feel that heaviness in the house that tension I don't know if you've ever felt that like if you've been at odds with somebody you can feel that tension in the room even with a human being like just a natural person in the room that you know that you can't stand them and they can't stand you yeah. I don't know if you, it takes a person that has that sixth sense or, or being an empath or just being in tune with your environment but if I'm in a room with somebody that doesn't like me, like I can feel that energy off of that person, depending on how strong that they are projecting that. And they may not even know it, but you can feel that you can feel when somebody doesn't doesn't like you. If you're open or you're empathic and you understand. Is, am I making sense? Oh, yeah. So working at a club, though, I mean, like. There was a guy that we used to work with and he I, I he knowing now what I know, I didn't know then. But he was empathic for sure. And he would, if there was any kind of anger, fighting, whatever, this dude, if if, if he broke up a fight, then 20 minutes later, he was fighting with someone. I noticed mm-hmm. it with a couple different people, but in particular, this one guy. 
his name was Pat, but I mean, he was always fighting with somebody. And finally, I mean, I liked the guy, but I had to let him go because, and then like I, I hung out with him and his girlfriend one time, me and my couple of my friends. And while there was another couple there and they were arguing and like not even 10 minutes later, I remember him and her having this very similar argument that it looked like he started. So I remember that, you know, so th he reached out to me a couple years ago as my show was progressing. And he says, you know, I discovered something about myself. I'm an empath. And so when we were talking a couple winters ago, actually really two years ago, almost exactly, um, not quite, but yeah. And he reached out to me, I think it was after Thanksgiving of 2021. And um, he had talked and he said, I just found out that your mother had passed away a few months ago, whatever or several months ago, and we started talking. We, 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 uh, he got back on to social media. He, lived, he moved to Atlanta. But I remember going over several things with him and him kind of reminding me. He goes, remember how stuff would happen? And I was like, yeah, because I didn't just come to that conclusion on my own. He was going over it with me. And what, one of the things he told me, he says, you remember how whenever there'd be a fight, I would end up getting into a fight afterwards? I didn't really think about it until he told me that, but I was like, you're right. And I ultimately had to let him go. And he wasn't a jerk about it. He understood. But I don't think he understood about himself. So there's some people that are just like that. But he said that he had an episode when he was living in Georgia um, or when he moved back to Georgia right after him and his girlfriend broke up that he said he came very close. And I thought about you because you're talking about this entity. We didn't get to get to, into it on the, uh, the live but he was talking about an entity attacking him. He was going to the gym. And I'll hold that thought and you can continue. But it's it's going to shock you when I tell you this. And I've been waiting to tell you this since I, I, yeah. Well, so I gave you one side of the whole empath thing, being able to feel people's energy and stuff like that. Now, but based on what you just said, it made me think about something else. Sometimes a person, like I said, there's spirits around. They're always watching and they're waiting and open they're waiting for an opening they're waiting and watching and if they put out certain temptations or certain things to throw that out there for you that gives them a doorway or an entrance into your home like whether you are a person who believes in like contacting spirits and stuff like that just different random things that will open them up to being able to come in but Another thing I wanted to say about an empath is that sometimes an empath, not sometimes, a lot of times empaths can actually take on the emotions of another person. Like if I'm around Maddie long enough, whether I know her personally or not, and she's telling me something about her life or her emotions or her feelings about something, I can actually take on her sadness. I can actually take on the person's anger or their anxiety because that has a vibration and it has a frequency. And if you are around that long enough, that can resonate and that can kind of take form into your own body. So B, I have a question for you. You remember when I, we were in the, earlier in the conversation, you were talking about this, the jackal looking creature. And uh, do you think it's it, not only can you feel the emotions from people, but do you think that these spirits, when they're around you, you can feel not only their energy, their vibration, whatever, but but the the emotion that they're resonating on that they're, that's coming from them. Does that resonate with you? Like, yeah. like their yes. emotion, like th this thing was emanating hate. I'm assuming. 
hate, evil, uh, Did anger. he hate you? Yeah. And you can feel that anger. You can feel that rage. I can feel it. Um, so, so the day, earlier that day, let's do, let's do something here. Earlier that day, you had said, I'm on demon. I'm on yeah, demon time. time. Yeah. The reason I said that. What kind of ridiculous well, stuff would make you say? So, well, that's the thing. Like demon time, like, that's basically saying like, I know that right now the anger and rage that I have is beyond human anger right oh, now. Yeah. Um, did you verbalize you, that? I, I did. Oh, wow. In your car? No, I was at home. You were at home and you were just like, um, I was so. outraged. And when you get wow. people don't, here's something people don't often think about too often. Um, when you have people who have gone out and they've gone out and they've committed a murder, but the family members around them always say that this person's always been, he's always been cool, calm, collected. Um, he loved his friends and family. Like nobody had anything bad to say about this guy. But one day he just flipped and killed his entire family. But this guy's always had it together. Everybody at his job likes him and stuff like that. He's not, you know, he's a peaceful guy. But something snapped in this guy and he went out there Came and unhinged. he, yeah, he got unhinged. Like he just basically not, not only did he just kill him when you have those crimes where it's like they're to the point where it's a whole nother level of evil, like they bludgeon their family or something like that. You'll hear if a, there was any family member that survived that or that got away when that was happening, they will say something like, well, they ha I could tell there was a difference in his eyes. He didn't look like himself. His eyes went completely black. He was outraged or he looked right through me. It just was something not right about him. And then later on, the, uh, you know, when the investigators are questioning them on their motive for why they did it, they, you've heard people say, like, there's something that told me to kill my family. There was even a show called Snapped. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was about people who just snapped. I, I'm mm -hmm. assuming I've never seen it, but and it's like those voices. There's voices that come along with it. There's voices that speak to you in your head, and everybody has like you know you got the Holy Spirit that will come in at times and tell you things. You have your own thoughts and your own mind that you think about from day to day. But then you have other spirits that will also speak to you at times during depression, or you have people who committed suicide out of nowhere, and you think, well, what happened with this person? What happened with this person? And there are voices that go along with it. A lot of times people think schizophrenia um, is just some chemical imbalance. I think it's a spiritual imbalance. And I think that there are spirits, like I said, with anything else, they come in and they, th this person's always been a person that's rational. Then all of a sudden, now I'm not going to say that certain drugs have not messed this person's mind up to a point sometimes, but there's drugs that's also gateway drugs too that open up people to being able to um, hear voices and spirits and stuff too. But I also think that the voices, when it comes to certain stuff, they are being driven. When you have that anger rage that's telling you to do it, like if you're not strong enough to understand that this is a demonic influence speaking to me right now, telling me to do this, if you don't rebuke it, if you're a person that... You have not forgiven your family. Whatever's going on in that situation, if you got that in you, then you have at that moment allowed that entity that's speaking those thoughts into your mind and head to actually possess you in that moment. Because a lot of the times in those cases, what I was just telling you, like with murder, 
um, with a person snapped like that and some survivor was around to say his eyes were different. They went completely black. He wasn't himself. And then the investigators questioned him about it. Then a lot of the times they don't, the outsider saying, I don't even remember doing this. They don't, sometimes they don't remember anything that happened. But it's because in that moment, their body was taken over. They were possessed. You get what I'm saying? So you have spirits that come in and will influence. So outside of like sleep paralysis, whether it is a sleep paralysis demon, whether it is a shadow man, these entities bring a they bring their whole vibe. They bring a whole energy into your home. They can cause division. They can cause arguments. They can cause suicide. And that's why, like within Christianity, you'll hear about like the spirit of strife, spirit of division, spirit of heaviness. Anytime when, somebody's depressed. Exactly. Yeah. Spirit of heaviness is when somebody's depressed, depressed. So when you have that going on and you have suicide, suicidal thoughts, these voices will speak. And if you think about that demoniac of the Gadarenes, um, you remember in the Bible where it said that he would often cut himself with stones. Do you remember that from the Bible? He was in the mountains or whatever. He was wild. He didn't have any clothes on. He's in the mountains, and he, I guess he's kind of ragged like a wild man. And I, I think it said that any time any people even came near that area where he lived at, he would often run out to attack the, the people. So when you look at that and then— the fact that it brought up the fact that he would often cut himself with stones. And then you think about somebody who's schizophrenic or depression. You have people that they call cutters. That is the same activity being displayed even thousands of years ago. They were cutting themselves with stones. Now, today, people are cutting themselves with knives and everything else. Those same those same spirits still exist. The spirit, when it saw Jesus coming that day, it ran out to meet him at the road. And the spirits that was in that man said, Jesus, have you, what are, what have we to do with you, Jesus, son of the most high? Have you come to cast us out before the, before the time? And he bid the spirits in that man to be quiet. Keep your peace. Don't talk. And he cast the spirits out of that man. And it said at that moment when he cast the spirits out of that man, then those spirits basically went into the 2000 peaks. They went into the 2000 peaks. So. Now, the point I'm trying to make with that is that in that moment, once he cast those spirits off of that man, <clears throat> that's basically letting you know right there, that man was a cutter. He was out there attacking people. He had supernatural strength. Everybody in that area was afraid of the man. You got that same stuff when police officers get to these people who are out there and they say, well, um, he's all doped up on meth or or spice or you know, all these different drugs and stuff where you see people out there and they're just wild and crazy out on the streets. But they have this supernatural strength, even if they're after they've been tased or several officers, officers, it takes a lot of times to pin them down to gain control over them because they have that supernatural strength. But today we count all of that on drugs when sometimes, yeah, it could be the drugs. But it's also the drug still is not going to give them that type of supernatural strength. The drug was a gateway to give that entity or those entities an opening to possess those people and i don't know if that makes sense to y'all or not but that's what a lot of that is the same things that they were dealing with back then is the same stuff we deal with today but i hope that answered the question interesting point to make about this it's interesting that we're talking about this possession um the whole thing with the gadarene that that region is a region in the Levant that is found on the eastern shore of Galilee. 
And there's a large city there called Kedara. And that city is because, you know, we talked about city-states, Anthony. Yeah. And you know how these regions, they'll take on the, you know, whatever that city-state is. That's like Argos, Greece. They'll, it'll be the Argosian Plains or yep. Plataea, you know, the Plataean region, you know, the Athenian region, whatever. And because those are the city-states. And people didn't, the world wasn't as small as it is now. It was all, you know, it was spread out and people didn't have the internet where you, and you didn't find a plane in 10 hours, you were around the world. Uh, it just didn't happen. And so people stuck around the, the areas where they grew up and that they were from. And Gadara was the, 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 the large city of that region. And, uh, Jesus was a Galilean too. And he was from, you know, it was opposite the other side from where he was from. But that 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 term uh, Gadarene has now become an adjective, which means to like move quickly or to rush forward, and so that has become a term that that is used. One of the things I think that's interesting too about this whole thing that that I thought about when you said that about the Gadarene is that in one of Linda Godfrey's books, there was a very uh, famous case now amongst us dogman researchers, anyway. And people who study this and read about it, uh, the Gadara, which was the werewolf-looking creature that spoke those words to a security guard near a, a church cemetery. And it looked right at him and said Gadara, which two things could be going on there. One, he's a guard, and it could be trying to say guard, or it could have been saying Gadara as in, you know, um, r- reminding of the Gadarene uh, demoniac. So what is what is if what if this is an unclean spirit? And then I've I've even entered into a debate with someone on a group one time on Facebook about the God the Gadara thing, you know. And it was in a dogman group, and it was years ago. And they said that they be, they were of the opinion that dogman was some sort of flesh and blood creature that was that way all the time, and if that was a demon that it was a demon that had possessed and was an inhabiting a dogman, which I thought was really like not the case. I think that these things are flesh and blood demons in in a, not necessarily in a, in the, in the way that we know flesh and blood, but kind of in the way that these things can manifest. And, and they, people don't understand like the nature of reality. They really don't. I mean, and I'm not, trying to sound like a, a know-it-all or anything like that, but people who will take a case, you know, and, and then they'll they'll try to make it fit their belief system. I personally don't believe that that's what was going on there. If that is the case, um, then yeah, that that is, that is bizarre. That's strange. These things could be government-created vessels that something could possess. You know, I know this is kind of going off on a tangent uh, away, a little bit away from the subject, but I just thought that that was interesting. Um, At that time, I was pretty vehemently against the idea that that was just like uh, some innocent animalistic creature that was being possessed like the swine. You know, that's what this person was trying to espouse, that if that was the case, then that was what that was. If they are that way, then yeah, of course, these things could easily be possessed if they're animals just like the swine. But I don't think that's what they are. And I think that this thing may have been telling that guy, hey, this is what I am. You know, I'm part of this legion of bad guys, you know. Um, 
just my opinion, my thoughts. Really, at this point, though, after everything I've learned, I don't know what to think. When getting back to this entity that you had trying to do what it did to you, do you think that this is a familiar spirit in the way that, and I don't mean like a familiar spirit. What I mean by that is something that's familiar to you, that knew you, that was able to attack and do because it was comfortable with you. It knew you like it's tried it before. Maybe it's something that's been doing this for a long time. Did you recognize it as something you've seen before? Or was that the first time you've ever dealt with this entity? Did it have a, a familiar feeling to it? I feel that just the same way that I feel that we have, we're all assigned a guardian angel. I think that uh, Satan also has his minions and I feel that he also has assigned his, um, minions, his demons, to also go out and report back to him and follow certain people. I think that we all have demons and angels on assignment. Whether whether those demons are, no, as far as it wasn't familiar to me, I can't say it was familiar. Um, evil is just going to be evil, and I don't have, it wasn't something that I'd seen before. Like I said, not all the sleep paralysis experiences were the same. Um there was only three times that I actually saw what was in the room. The other times they didn't show themselves at all. They were invisible, but I was still aware that they were there. Either they, um, either I was choked or I've been choked. I've had one to um, run its hand from the top of my shoulder all the way down my arm when I had my arm hanging off the bed one time. Um, I've had them to sit on my chest where I could actually feel my uh, self sinking it down into the bed. Um, I literally felt myself bouncing on the mattress before, like I'm as if I kind of, you know, jumped up on the trampoline and landed on my butt. Um, so I don't know if that's like my spirit falling back into my body or what, but I've had that experience. So I just think that depending on what you have going on in your life, they're going to have more of an opening to come into your home or to attack you depending on what's going on in your life. Are you doing drugs? Are you um, outside of Christianity? Are you outside of the Bible? Are you praying? Are you actively and willfully living in sin, drinking, doing all this different stuff that's giving them that opening to come in? It just depends on that. But there's a lot of people who um, have hidden sins, too, that people don't know about that that. That's why we have these things. And a lot more of this goes on than what you know about. Just a lot of people don't talk about it. Um, it's so many different levels, and they don't always come through sleep paralysis. Sometimes you will have them to come as uh, shadow beings. I've only seen the shadow man twice in my apartment, um, and I feel that that's also another way that they come as well. I feel like the shadow beings are also demonic. They've never personally reached out and touched me. They've just been there a couple of times and I've actually seen them um, just as easy as I see you right now. They're blacker than black. But I just feel like that they can manifest however they want. I feel like there's some people who have um, nighttime visita visitations from the greys or other alien types that come in their bedroom. I feel like that that in my, my mind, and a lot of people probably disagree with me on this, but I feel like that that is just another variation of another form that they can come in as well. I don't think that um, aliens are life forms from other planets. A lot of people may feel a way about that, but that's just my personal belief. 
I really uh, feel like if you look at alien abduction and stuff like that, the things that some of the people who go aboard the ship that have been taken out of, and I'm going to show you the similarities with this, with these entities, the people are taken out of their home, like, and they're taken out their physical body. Like um, somebody is taken out, but when they're taken out, they're taken up through the roof. Well, how did you go out of the roof? It's because that, those beings have the ability to do so. So it's still interdimensional in the same way where you have people that's going through demonic stuff, um, having the ability to do different things. Now, I wanted to say with this, some of the things that people were um, subjected to aboard the ship during alien abduction, the probing, the uh, impregnating of women or whatever, taking the sperm or taking the eggs or whatever, reproduction organs and stuff like that. And then some women being, um, you know, made to go see like months later when they're abducted again, see their, baby. their, their, ba their babies. Yeah. And right there, we're going to stop right there. Thank you folks for tuning in. Um, that's Paranormal Roundtable. We'll see you next Thursday with Bettina Moss. Thank you. Good night. Good night.